because I think it's funny. Mm. Um, you know, what's he going to say next week or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'll bring up this first. That's just a good segue between. So here's what I think I should. Peter, you set? Yep. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that always likes to look forward to the future horizons but still keep one foot grounded in the present. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me is my brother Peter, as always. Howdy. And here's Ryan, who's just going to salute. <laughs> um Real quick uh, housekeeping before we really get going. Ryan has announced that he's going to be taking a brief hiatus from the show. Um, he's uh, finishing up school, I believe, his master's. He's nodding his head yes, so I was right on that. And he's going to be sitting a few episodes out. So you might hear us talk about him or talk to him. It's really just notes for him <laughs> to know cues when he preps the show at the end. So You're majoring um, in podcast production, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this degree is going to send our show into the next level. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, guys. Just wait. Um, well, at any rate, um, let's start with the watching category. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Like, uh, I can go first. Okay, yeah, go that works. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I uh, finished watching Castlevania. So um, Right on. What I can say about this show is uh, this show is awesome. I think I talked on this podcast when I had just finished the first season, or I was like halfway through the first season, and I was like, it seems pretty good. It's really violent. The animation is cool. Um, but at this point, I just finished the second season, and I think the second season just ramps everything up a bit. Like, as far as just engaging storytelling, like, you watch one of these episodes, and the episodes just kind of fly by where you're like, wait, was that, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, however long each one is? So it just flies by. The story's really entertaining, um, and it's just, uh, I guess, like, the artwork, I think, just even gets better and better. Like, the backgrounds in the second season are just so detailed and realistic, and it's just awesome. I mean, do you have any thoughts? I know you well, talked about I've, it Well, I blew this show up already, so I don't want to say too <laughs> yeah. much more than I already have, because you can go back to our previous episodes and listen. But um, and I was talking to Ryan about this a couple days, I, actually, a few weeks ago, I mentioned how, like, attention, to, there's a attention to a certain detail about the Castlevania video games that I didn't <laughs> notice right away. Right. Um, one of them was that uh, when you play... So if you've ever played Castlevania, the video games, the old ones, like the Game Boy ones or yeah. the Nintendo ones, it was always like this maze that was like a side-scroller, and it was like catacombs under the castle, right? Yeah. And so they have the scenes in the show that are like on the surface of the earth, and you know they're fighting the bad guys and stuff up there. But then something will happen and they'll have to go underneath a church or underneath a castle yeah. or underneath the big library and there's catacombs down there. It's just the, the small attention going, we got to make sure we still have the catacombs. We have to have that underground maze <laughs> right for them to go through. I just thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I mentioned it before. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. And, like, think about that, too. Like, stuff carried over from the games. Um, when you play the old Castlevania games and you see the way Dracula's castle is laid out... It, it's laid out like video game levels. So you end up with this kind of crazy looking castle with towers and bridges and stuff that are coming out at all angles. And it doesn't necessarily make sense, 
But then when they do it in the show, it's still the same kind of castle. Like, it's tall towers and stuff shooting off in all different directions. And it looks awesome because they... The way it's depicted is like this realistic gothic or yeah gothic architecture style where they've got like flying buttresses coming off of it but it's like upside down flying buttresses yeah like it doesn't have a reason for being there it's just there to look strange and it's just so cool it's such a cool way to visualize the whole thing so i definitely recommend the series like i think it's great yeah all right um before I go, is there anything else that you need um, to mention? Yeah, I did have a chance to see um, this little uh, independent movie that came out called uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so did I. Okay, um, <laughs> nice. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to save it a minute? Do you want me to like cover this Elseworlds thing first and then we'll talk Spider-Man? Uh, what do you think? Let uh, Yeah, let's talk that first real quick and then... So we're on Spider-Verse first. Uh Hmm. Or wait, which one are we doing first? Elseworlds? Or let else? me let me get Elseworlds out okay. of the way because you haven't watched it yet, and it'll be a very short thing. Um, okay, sounds good. And then we'll talk Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, DC, the CW shows, did their annual crossover. Um, and I mentioned last week when we were talking about like me getting excited to see it, um, what's cool is you have your Arrow, you have your... Flash, you have your Supergirl, you have your Legends of Tomorrow, and those are like your individual, like they're the shows, but they're almost like a comic book. So you, and once a week you get the next episode issue, yeah. right? And then at once a year they all come together and they do the big annual issue where they all cross over just like a comic book. Yeah. Um, so this year was their annual crossover and it was amazing. Um, it, they did not disappoint, just as always. Uh, they definitely ushered in the idea of the Batwoman show. Ruby Rose was fantastic. Um, so we went to Gotham City. Uh, there were some there were some interesting jokes about Gotham City. Like they really <laughs> because all three shows. So a lot of people don't realize this, but Supergirl, Legends of sorry, Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash all film in the same city. Yeah, and uh, they Vancouver, have to Vancouver. Yeah, and they have to shoot it. As if it's all three different cities. <laughs> yeah. And they do a really nice job of that. Well, they basically had to shoot Gotham in the same city as well. <laughs> nice. And they did a nice job of making it look dirtier and grittier and more crime-ridden and that kind of thing. And there were a couple jokes about, like, Oliver's got a joke in there about, like, this is why people don't come to this city. And you know what I mean? <laughs> there were some cool things like that. But when they got to the Batman thing... Um, I thought it was interesting because I've complained about the Batman problem. Yeah. You know, or what I'm referring to as the Batman problem, where they keep skirting around the idea of Batman because he's such a he's reserved for the main for the big screen. Yeah. I put that in air quotes because that's how they word it. Like Batman is a character that they know sells movie tickets, so they want him for the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um so when they discussed Batman in the show, um, Ruby Rose, who plays Batwoman, she has a line. This is kind of spoilers, but not really, because by the time you actually... Like, if you haven't already seen it, sorry, and if you're going to watch it later, when it hits, like, Netflix or something, that's fine, too. You'll probably forget I said this. But she has a line where she says... Um, she says something about Batman disappeared. Like, he left. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He hasn't been in Gotham for a few years. We don't know why. That's fine. But they basically wrote it in dialogue, you know, because... Oliver Queen's like, he's a myth. He doesn't, he's not real. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because yeah. Oliver Queen doesn't believe it's real, and then they meet Batwoman, and it goes from there. Um, 
So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, quick segue, because the Titans finale is coming for the show Titans on the DC Universe yeah. app. And they said that in the finale, Batman will be in the finale. I think the episode is actually titled Robin versus Batman. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Which, nice. <laughs> which I is didn't interesting. realize that. But right. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see. So like where I'm complaining about, guys, just give us the Batman. They're going to give it to us in this other format. Yeah. So um, I just thought that was interesting. And then... The last thing I'll say about it, aside, oh, no, two more things. In the it being the annual crossover, Supergirl's got this funny joke saying, at near the end of it, like it's everything's wrapping up. It's like the final closing moments, and she has this joke where she says, "It seems like we do this once a year," <laughs> which which made me laugh just because of the annual comic book thing. Um, but they they tease. Um, Next year's crossover, which they've directly said is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I am so excited for this. I mean, so excited for this. But if you know, so we know that Crisis on Infinite Earths is the um, uh, crossover for next year. If you pay attention to dialogue, when there's a character in the this crossover, he's named the Monitor. Mm-hmm. He says many times, "He's coming," and I'm. I need to make sure you're prepared. Let's put it this way. If it's Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that's the line of dialogue, I know what he's talking about, and anyone who reads comic books should know what he's talking about. And I'll leave it at that because I don't want to spoil a potential surprise. Awesome. So, yeah, no, it was great. That's uh, that's great. Um, um, I do have, like, two quick thoughts about that whole thing. Sure. One is uh, they also used Vancouver for the Metropolis scenes in Man of Steel, so... yeah. I don't know what it is, but, you know, in the DC universe, there's a lot of just very similar styled architecture, I guess. Right. And then uh, the other thing is, like, I almost want to make a motion to start calling it, like, the Batman crisis instead of the Batman problem or just something that sounds more comic booky, maybe. But, I, I hear you. Yeah. I just, it's just, like, there's a biased opinion that I want more Batman, but at the same time, they need, they're running into a point where they're, like, having to make excuses for his absence. Mm-hmm. That's my problem with it. And I, like I said, Gotham is on its final season that starts like in a couple weeks. When that runs out, there will be no Batman on television. And there could be a contractual obligation to allow Gotham to do their thing without muddying, muddying the waters, I guess you could say, yeah. and not have multiple Batmans on TV. Because what they've said they're going to do for the end of Gotham... If you didn't know, they talked about this when the show started. The idea is to have the last thing you see is him put on the costume for the final for the first time. Okay. But that's just going to make me want a Batman show. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the thing. Like, hey, we've gotten this far. We're doing all this other great stuff. Time to actually do the show. I don't know. They've never said anything. They're not talking about it. You know, I'm okay with whatever. But, you know, so Gotham's going to be back and I'll get my Batman fixed. But at the same time, like, you got to start. Like, we keep making excuses for his absence and that's starting to get kind of stale that's what i'm talking about understood do you think um i don't even know if this because and and, you know you being a superman fan superman is a part of the dcw (laughs) universe (laughs) so (laughs) and even before he was um before superman made an appearance on supergirl i was like this is supergirl's like everything i'd want in a superman show it just happens to be supergirl so i thought it was Really awesome at the well, at that point. and I know you're a Smallville fan. When you do watch the crossover, it's awesome. 
Okay, great. There's something in there that's going to make you, like, you're going to raise your eyebrows and go, wow. <laughs> so, um, and if you don't catch it, you don't catch it, but that's okay. Like, I, it caught my attention right away. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I was going to say, I don't know if this is even a possibility, but is it possible that Gotham could be connected to the Arrowverse? Like, Gotham's a prequel, and well, the Batman you get at the end of Gotham... Not, the, not necessarily the, the same actor, but it could be like well, canonically the same. Let's Batman word it this way: later. Gotham is on the Fox Net Television Network, which was just bought by Disney, which is not, and Batman exists DC, which is not a Disney property. Mm-hmm. So, Gotham is probably being allowed to run their final season, and then they're gone. That way, Disney doesn't have to deal with it. Yeah. So this very well be could what you're saying (laughs) however greg berlanti and his team over there have always dug deep into the dc television movie history for crossover stuff and for references and easter eggs so there's always the possibility that because of the dc multiverse you could have a huge point there (laughs) right so i'm also hoping i'll just leave that there and you can take it for what you will if they do crisis on infinite infinite earths it's well they are doing it but it'd be awesome if they just brought everything in like every bring gotham in bring the birds of prey show bring in the cartoons bring in the tim burton movies who cares it's all on the table i think the uh I think that the cartoons would be a little far-fetched for what the CW tries to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in terms of Smallville, in terms of, you know, Gotham, in terms of, like, Birds of Prey, in terms yeah. of, like, well, all these shows that no longer exist. Yeah. You could do the old Supergirl. You could do Lois and Clark. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do. I, I guess from. I wasn't thinking, like, actually bring 2D animated characters in oh. with the live action. <laughs> sure. I was just thinking, like... You know, story. Have, have Mr. Freeze show up, but have it be the Batman animated series Mr. F- version of Mr. Freeze just in oh, live right action on. or something um, like that. Easter egg, real quick, on the Elseworlds, because you just said that. Um, if you watch for it, the Bane mask from The Dark Knight Rises is seen on a shelf in Arkham Asylum. Oh, I actually saw Elseworlds. stuff about this online. Um, yeah. I just thought it was really cool, and I was... I saw it online, too, and I was waiting to spot it, hoping there was, like, a line of dialogue or something. No, it's just sitting on the shelf, <laughs> which is fine, but right. it is the Dark Knight Rises Bane mask. Sweet. So, um, yeah, okay, that's all I watched. Like, <laughs> right. from last week to this week, I made sure I was but Elseworlds still, caught up what, so I could talk two, about two-plus-hour event or something like that? It, so, was a mean, th- it was three episodes, yeah. so okay. I had to, yeah. Um, no, let's talk Spider-Man, because Sounds we great, both yeah. saw it. Um, I'm going to issue the spoiler warning right now. If you have not, here's the thing. By the time this episode aired, airs, the people who cared to go see this movie have already seen it. Um, so anything I say is a spoiler warning, but if you're listening to this now, you've probably already seen it. Um, so initial thoughts, I don't want to get too heavy, but initial thoughts. Okay. So, um, cause I'm not going to give away like the ending of the movie, but I really, really like this movie. Like, this is, might be within my, it's hard to say because I've liked a lot of the Spider-Man movies, but this might be within my top three, like, favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. Um, I think, I knew going in that this movie was going to be a visual treat. Like, all the ads for this movie, to me, just looked awesome. The animation looked great. The artwork looked great. But I wasn't expecting necessarily to have such a heartwarming story going in and I also wasn't necessarily expecting for the movie to make me laugh as much as it did like this movie is really hilarious um I 
feel like that's super vague, but uh, I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on? No, um, I laughed. Uh, John Mulaney, who plays um, Spider Ham. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I Peter, didn't realize that was Peter him, Porter, but that makes sense. John Mulaney, the comedian. John yeah. Mulaney plays Spider Ham, and he's. He was on Jimmy Fallon um, a couple nights before the movie aired, and I watched that episode of Fallon, and they showed, and I was like, cool, they're going to talk to him about Spider-Man, they're going to maybe show a clip from the movie. They didn't show a clip from the movie. They showed outtakes from him in the recording booth (laughs) um, saying all this obscene stuff because he didn't realize it was a kid's thing that he was recording for. Mm Mm-hmm. So they recorded all of it. So on Fallon, they played all these adult clips because he had the audio, he had the clips to show them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, which was really funny. But, um, <laughs> no, the movie itself was actually really funny, but it was really charming. Yeah. And it was really heartwarming. Um, there are two points, and I'm going to bring this up now so we get them out of the way. There are two points that I cried. Okay. Um, one of which, now, this isn't really a spoiler. We all knew we we're going to see some Stan Lee cameos. Right, mm-hmm. because he passed away, but he filmed all these cameos leading up to before his death. He did a whole bunch in one shot. Yeah, uh, the Stan Lee cameo in this hit me so hard. Okay, like it hit me hard. Like I was like, I'm. I knew I was crying. Like I, I had to stop and like kind of wipe some tears from my eyes. Like mm-hmm. it hit hard. Um, but it was interesting because it wasn't a standard Stan Lee cameo, where like. You know, where he's the bus driver and he's like, you guys never seen a spaceship yeah. before? Or, you know, like, hey, you know, this one time I was, you know, he's always doing something goofy. This was Stan Lee being Stan Lee and saying something like super profound. Yeah. And like meaningful. And you're just like, oh, my God. And like, you know, like it hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the uh, credits, he's actually just credited as Stan. Like, that's that character's name. So it's kind of... Yeah. It's almost like him playing himself just in a different... Right, and that's what that, and that's what the cameo seemed like, that he yeah. was playing himself. And I, I knew there had to be a Stan Lee cameo. I just wasn't expecting it. And when it happened, I was like, oh my God, the Stan Lee. And then listening to what he said, I think that's what mm-hmm. caused the waterworks. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, there's sections of movies I cry at. Who cares? Yeah. Um, the other part that made me cry, and it wasn't really a cry. It was more of a tear up, um, was at the beginning of the movie before anything happened. You, the movie hadn't even started yet. They showed the Sony logo. They showed the Marvel logo. They showed the Columbia logo. They showed a couple more companies involved with production. And before the movie even started, the screen goes black and this tiny little postage stamp logo comes up on the yeah. screen that says approved by the comics code. So if you read comic books at all in your life, you have seen that logo. It is in the corner of the thing. It's right next to the uh, issue number of the comic book on the cover and says approved by the comics code. If you read comic books, you've been seeing that logo your entire life. Here's what's interesting. That logo does not appear in front of any Marvel movie, any DC movie. Like, this is the first time that's appeared on a big screen in front of a movie. And it, like, and it kind of hit me, like, oh, my yeah. God, my entire life right here, you know? Yeah. So, um, like, it just almost felt like that was missed. That's been missing from all these comic book properties the whole time. And I just thought that was really cool that they put that in. Yeah, it um, was. it was really cool. And it's, like, um, I mean, the history of the comic code is it's this thing that they used to put on comic books back in the day to say, like, this story has been approved to basically 
allow parents to buy it for their kids. Like, this is a, an approved story that doesn't contain any sex violence, you right. know, whatever, and it's appropriate for kids. And it's kind of cool that, like, they put it on this movie because even though within uh, comic book fan circles, people kind of talk badly about the comics code, like, this movie, I think it was just saying, like, this is a family experience, like, this is something, like, right. safe for you to watch sort of thing. And it's kind of... It was done in a way that it was done in a way that it made you appreciate it as opposed to like, oh, the comics code, <laughs> like I hate that, you know? But, right. Yeah. No, it was an, it was done in a way to make you appreciate it. And I was like, this should be in front of everything yeah. because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I just, that, that kind of hit me. But um, aside from those couple moments, the adaptation of source material to screen was incredibly flawless. Like, this is probably one of the greatest comic book movies ever. Yeah. And it's just because of the translation of the source material. And yes, it's animated, so there, the, there are really no limitations because there's, like, your budget is what you can imagine. Exactly, You know, yeah. so we're not dealing with... We're, the special effects are on a completely different kind of scale. Um, but the idea of putting in the text bubbles, I thought that was amazing... Um, actually, some of my favorite sequences was when they were giving you the backstories, <laughs> right? The, yeah. the origin stories. Mm-hmm. I loved those. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have to read. You didn't ever have to read a Spider-Man comic to follow this. Mm-hmm. There was there was no prep work. You just <laughs> go in and watch this movie for what it is, and that's the end of the discussion. Yeah. So, and I liked how they uh, they showed every backstory for all the characters was shown as a comic book issue. And it was just like so much like the visuals were just to bring you back to comic books and it's like you're watching this movie but it's like it does feel like the same like the act of reading a comic book and I think it kind of captures your imagination in the same way um I did want to go back because you were talking about the opening logos and uh that's one thing I actually forgot about till right now but the Columbia logo when that came up and I don't know if Sony came up first or what the order Sony sure came up first when the Columbia logo came up and everybody's seen it a million time at times it's like this woman holding up a torch or something on top of a staircase in the clouds or whatever and that comes up and then all of a sudden like the screen the screen starts flashing and then it shows like different parts of the screen are like flashing different styles so she looks like really comic booky and then she looks really cartoony and then she looks like really uh like kind of like graffiti looking and stuff and this stuff is all happening at once but it just brought like such a smile to my face because as soon as i saw that i was like i'm in for like a really interesting piece of visual art and it was like a really kind of cool experience because i think as far as like movies with opening logos the only other one I can remember in recent memory where the opening logo hit me really hard is uh, in Scott Pilgrim when they show the Universal logo and it's all pixelated and they have like a 8-bit version of the Universal theme song in the background. I don't know if you remember that at all, but... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I... Yes. So I, it was a yes. similar sort of thing where I saw the Columbia logo this time and it just brought in this wave of nostalgia but also like this wave of just like this is going to be a really good piece of art. Um, it's this movie. It's, I feel like I haven't had enough time to gather. You know what's funny? Aside it, from the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. We haven't talked any spoilers. No, I know. I'm <laughs> kidding. Go ahead. And we didn't even talk that many spoilers about that, but I was just saying like, it's, I feel like I haven't, uh, even gathered my thoughts completely on it. I just loved like 
every part of this movie. Um, and just like, I guess one thing that I'm really left with that I wanted to mention because we were talking about funny I really like I really like Spider Gwen's haircut. <laughs> right on, yeah. Like when I saw like earlier images or like the trailer, I didn't know what I thought about it. But as the story progressed, I really liked her haircut. It reminds me of uh, Natalie Dormer from... Uh, uh, Hunger Games? Hunger Games. Yeah. And I was like, that. it just looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I realized how much I really like Spider-Gwen in general. Like, I thought she was cool to begin with, but her, when she told her origin to explain who she, in the, so here's an actual spoiler. You're going to meet a lot of Spider-Men in this movie, and each one has to explain themselves to the next because they're like, who are you and how did you get here? Yeah. Gwen Stacy's story is probably my favorite only because it's the entire Spider-Man origin in flipped upside down. Even to the, because we all know that, because even when they showed, so in Spider-Man's origin, it's Gwen Stacy who dies at the hand of the Green Goblin. And they flipped mm-hmm. that upside down for the Spider-Gwen yeah. origin story. And the visual is the same. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Like, that's probably my favorite one because of how backwards it is. Um, so, and then um, uh, when my friend Bryn was on a couple weeks ago, uh, she asked me about my opinion of Spider-Man, and I talked about how I really liked, there's a certain Spider-Man, uh, iteration of Spider-Man where he got married to Mary Jane and got divorced, and then later would get back together with Mary Jane, yeah. and then that leads into Civil War. It's funny, like, it's not as sad as they made him in the movie because he was, like, in the midst of his divorce, but that's the Peter Parker that I enjoy the most in terms of reading Spider-Man comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they that's made him, point. they ended up making him a little sadder, but that's the version of him that I, you know, idealize mm-hmm. with, I guess you could say. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, oh, I'm, there's just so many things to tackle with this I movie. know. I was just thinking, uh... I did want to mention one of my favorite parts is the uh, pigeon scene. I don't know if you remember that. The but it's when uh, Miles Morales is first discovering his powers and he can't, like, control things sticking to his hands or not. And uh, there's at one point where he gets, he, he's, like, trying to run out of school because he gets embarrassed somehow. And his hands end up getting stuck to two pigeons. And he, like, while he's doing this, he's, like, running across the walls of his school while these, like, pigeons oh, are pulling around. yes. And yes. he's, like, bumping into, like, the windows of classrooms. And it was just, like, yes, one of the best I remember, pieces of visual Because Gwen, Gwen sees him, and she's like, um, okay. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is just one I'm going to have a lot more to say. I just, I think. And I can't wait well. for repeat viewings, either. Mm-hmm. Um, I did remember... Uh, I took my son Cameron with me to see the movie, and I remember the movie ended, we were getting into the credits, and I remember leaning over to him and I go, man, Spider-Man 2099 wasn't in the movie, I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there's a bonus scene, let me put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably one of the funniest bonus Mm -hmm. bonus scenes they've ever had, period. But... Um, what did your son think of the movie? He loved it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, he loved it. So, yeah, that's I don't. Great, and I feel like that's the best review. Of the movie he just he just um, loved it, and that's really all that matters. I mean, he could, <laughs> yeah. he could give you his own opinion, but he mm-hmm. just loved it, and he didn't have much to say about it other than that. 
So <laughs> nice. Um, all right, are we done with Spider Man? Do you have any more to say on it? No, I mean that's pretty good for okay. now. So yeah, so go see it. Run to the theater. Don't walk. Um, it's fantastic. Um, so uh, spoiler warning over. You can go back if you skipped ahead. We're done talking Spider-Man. We're going to talk a couple pieces of news. There's not a lot of news, and it's going to make you laugh for what i got to say, and then we're going to talk some movies. So, <laughs> um, First off, Spider-Man trailer. We're not getting it this week. <laughs> they don't know when they're going to give it to us, but there was reports that it was supposed yeah. to hit this week, and then there was a report that says it's not it's not happening this week. So that made me laugh. So I have no was Spider-Man trailer. Was it an official report, or was it a well? They were like the out? idea was Captain Marvel trailer hit, Avengers trailer hit, full Avengers trailer will be at the Super Bowl. Spider-Man should be out next week. No Spider-Man trailer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. I Are, just thought that was funny. Is Spider-Man coming out in 2019? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> you should know. You no, should have looked up movies for this week. <laughs> well, I remember seeing it, but... Uh... Right. Uh, so Spider-Man Far From Home, the which will be the first movie after the next Avengers film, that's the pickup. Okay. Um, that doesn't have um, a trailer yet. I mean, there's a trailer probably. They're just not airing it yet. So I thought that was funny. A piece of non-news, if you will. <laughs> um, the next one I want to talk about is the trailer for Hellboy. Yes, that's not out yet. Correct. No, okay. but it's this is what's funny. We're going to turn... We're, we normally record this show on a Thursday, right? Okay, mm-hmm. we're recording it a couple days earlier just because of a schedule thing. Um, so it's Tuesday... Um, it is Tuesday. Let me give you a quick thing. December 18th at the time of this recording, we're going to turn off the microphones and then Thursday, December 20th, they're going to drop the Hellboy trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So we're literally turning off the microphones knowing that there's a trailer dropping. So next week we'll talk Hellboy trailer. I just thought that was really funny of the time. The timing is hysterical. Yeah. It's uh, I might have already seen this trailer. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. There's a leaked trailer. Oh yeah. So I might have seen this trailer without um, understandable audio in it. So we'll see how it goes when I see Um, it. There is a poster that they released Mm -hmm. which looks awesome. Well there's I actually saw two posters. Okay well I saw saw one poster. Which was the one you saw? It's the one with his head and it's got the horns like at the bottom like almost like it's a border of the like it's awesome. That one looks awesome they also released a motion poster of it and it's essentially Hellboy standing at the top of this epic looking cliff and he's holding his uh, big you know stone hand up and there's a bolt of lightning you know clashing into his hand and it's just like this really epic iconic pose it's actually really similar to um if any of you listeners are fans of the artist frank frazetta frank frazetta did this old uh conan the barbarian cover where it's conan standing on the top of a cliff holding his sword up and lightning oh yeah yeah it. yeah i know that so cover. it's um it's essentially like that same cover just with hellboy but it's a motion poster so the lightning's animated but that one looked really cool too so right (laughs) um so yeah no hellboy trailer to talk about i thought that was really funny um so i have one more piece of news that we need to discuss which i actually think is really cool and that is um netflix netflix right yeah yeah netflix is going to do a dark crystal prequel television series Ryan has a look on his face like he's all excited about this. <laughs> so I if, can't tell if he's excited or if he's laughing about it or what. Um, okay. If awesome. you guys know it, if you don't know what the Dark Crystal is, um, Jim Henson Productions, who created the Muppets, uh, Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, you know, they those are Muppets. 
okay? In 1980, when they were going to, when Lucasfilm was getting ready to shoot The Empire Strikes Back, they needed to create a creature for the movie that they contracted Henson's production company to create. Now, here's what's interesting. If you didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Yoda. Um, but Lucas said the creature can't look like um, a puppet, or yeah. it can't look like one of the Muppets. It has to look realistic. So they had to create Yoda in a very real way to to detail with the character. Yeah. But it created a new division of Jim Henson Company as their creature division. And the first movie that they made with their creature division was a movie called The Dark Crystal. It came out in 1982. It's a really cool movie. I haven't seen it in so long that I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it, but I remember loving it. Um, but uh, later than they would do the movie Labyrinth, which I know we talked about uh, in a previous episode because it, mm-hmm. it fit one of our categories yeah. of the 1986 episode. Um it fit one of the categories there. So we talked about Labyrinth and Extension, but The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth were really the only two movies that fit that came out yeah. of the Jim Henson Creature Shop as opposed to the Jim Henson Muppet Shop. More or less. I know there's a couple other things. Like, I know Jim Henson did a... Uh, or Jim Henson Studios did a series for HBO that was told short story versions of a bunch of different myths and fairy tales. I can't remember what it was called, but that is considered Jim Henson's Creatures. And then yes, I know yes, yes. there is one other movie, but it was all CGI stuff, but it's uh, the movie Mirror Mask. Have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah, I so did that, see Mirror Mask. So Mirror Mask, I think, falls under that umbrella, even though I'm pretty sure it's all CG creatures in it, if I remember correctly. Right. So. Well, um, the Dark Crystal movie is, is really cool. I think it's on Netflix right now. Um, I can only imagine it's on Netflix, since Netflix is going to do the prequel series. Um, so I urge everyone to watch it. It's, um, I, the only warning I'll give you is that it has a slow start and it was made in 1982. You know what I mean? Like some of the older movies, they do have slower starts and you know, that, that was typical for the time period. Yeah. You know, um, but the dark crystal prequel series, uh, Mark Hamill will be leading the cast. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Luke Skywalker himself will be playing one of the characters. Um, Mark Hamill does a lot of voice work, um, so I thought that was... I just think that's awesome that he's mm-hmm. attached to it. Um, but they've also shown a couple pictures a couple of the couple of the Gelflings for this prequel series yeah. uh, that have hit the internet, which I thought was... Like, they, they look like Gelflings, so great. You know, here we go, Dark Crystal. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any um, thoughts on this? Otherwise, like, I just think it's actually, awesome that they're doing this, so... Yeah, I actually have a couple, like, kind of cool little tidbits, um... One is a, a really cool piece of, which I don't think I was even aware of this until recently, but a cool pit piece of uh, Dark Crystal behind-the-scenes lore, I guess you could say, is when Jim Henson first created this movie, um, he actually didn't want any of the puppets to speak English, and he didn't want subtitles. Yes, so he yes, wanted this I to be a movie this. that's all these weird-looking puppet creatures speaking in foreign languages. And there's some uh, clips you can find on YouTube of, like, the Skeksis, which are the villain characters in the movie, running around and they're all kind of grunting at each other and none of them are speaking English. And you watch it and it's a very weird experience because you feel like you're watching a movie from an alien planet. Like, you literally feel like you're watching the films of aliens and it's so awesome to experience that. Well, which makes it, in a way, a silent film. Yeah. 
For um, sure. George Lucas uh, famously once said that the idea, the intention of the music that they used in the Star Wars films was to watch the movies as if they're silent films. Like, if you take the audio out and just run the music and watch them, you should be able to fully understand everything that's going on and watch it as if it's a silent film. Okay. And I thought that was cool. So hearing that, what you just said, like, yes, I knew that, but hearing that now, knowing that you would have to watch this movie with no subtitles, no knowledge of the language, you're basically watching a silent film. But, I mean, it also goes to show how, like, well well that movie was made because when you watch it, like visually you look at the characters and just the way the characters look you can tell so much about them about who they are where they come from what they do and like you kind of think would i even need the dialogue to understand this film as a whole you know probably not which is kind of a cool thing um another this kind of like even more of a deeper cut tidbit about this series but uh I bought a three-pack of movies at one point, and the three-pack was a Jim Henson's Creature Shop three-pack, which included Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Labyrinth. and uh, that Mirror Mask movie that I talked about. But also, wedged between the movies was actually a comic book. And more specifically than a comic book, it was a uh, manga, like a small manga preview. For anybody who doesn't know, manga is essentially just Japanese comics, but it comes in a smaller size and format yeah they call it uh, they call it a light novel now right and uh it's like uh they're also published in black and white etc but and they read backwards (laughs) Um, a lot of people don't know that but yeah i don't know if that's all japanese books but they all read yeah so we turn so we have the book in front of us and we grab the cover and we flip it over uh we turn the page left uh right to left yeah right and we read top to bottom left to right uh, you have to go backwards, so it's you read left to right, top to bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, right to left, top to bottom. Yeah, right to left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's everything is backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes like it. The first time I ever did it, it took me like maybe three or four pages to make sure I was reading everything properly. <laughs> yeah. And but then, 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 you, you, then it's just flowing. And then you get used to it. It gets tricky though if you switch back and forth between comics and manga, because then you'll get used to it one way right. it's hard to switch back and forth especially when it's black and white comics because then it just makes it all sure. more confusing anyways in so they published these uh manga uh novels of they were essentially i think prequels to uh labyrinth and the dark crystal so oh, nice. in this uh three pack of dvds i got they had a little manga preview of these comics that they were publishing kind of as a promo thing. So I read through those. I haven't read through the full series, you know, of the Dark right. Crystal and uh, Labyrinth mangas, but the Dark Crystal one was so, like, interesting. Like, uh, if you watch the Dark Crystal, the Gelflings that Andy mentioned earlier, they're the good guys. They and fight the Skeksis, against... which <laughs> Peter mentioned, were uh, the, <laughs> the bad guys. The villains. So the manga opens with the uh, Skeksis and the Gelflings are in a war. And the Skeksis have these giant sort of beetle-looking creatures that are really crazy that are attacking the Gelflings. And the Gelflings are kind of freaking out because they don't know how to defend themselves because Gelflings aren't warriors. Gelflings are artisans. Gelflings are craft people, you know? And so the Gelflings realize that. And so then the the preview of this manga essentially ends with the Gelflings like well, we need to use our crafts to fight against them. And it shows one of them weaves, like, this giant fence thing with spikes coming out of it. And that's, like, kind of the end of the book. But I'm just like, 
oh, that's so cool. They're using their art to fight against the Skeksis, and that's where it picks off. So if the prequel series on Netflix, to bring it back around, is anything to do that, it, right. it'd be so, like, really neat. So That's cool. Yeah. All right. Sorry for that long tangent. No, I think it's tangent, like an awesome tangents story. are fine yeah. because we don't this this uh, top five list tonight could be real fast. Um, we'll find a way to drag. Did it you <laughs> Did you have anything else you needed to mention on the? Um, oh, on uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah. Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Um, that's all I got to say. So that ends the news. You ready to do the list? Yeah. Sounds great. Sweet. Ryan, list time. Roll the thing. for the top five. All right, so here's what's interesting. Before we move on to this list, um, we're going to talk the top five 2019 anticipated list for us. So these are the movies that Peter and I are the most excited about. Ryan, did you come up with anything? You and I talked earlier about this. No? Okay. Um, So there are movies that I'm really excited to see. Peter's excited to see. None of us have seen anything. We're just excited to see them, so it's... We don't have a lot to say. Um, before we do the list, here's what's interesting. My whole life, because I've always been about, always been into movies, always been into entertainment and television shows and comic books and whatever, I always read about this stuff, whether it be from magazines or on- online internet stuff, whatever. I've always known about movies years before they release. And I'll talk to people about it. And we'll have conversations, like at a bar or at a party or something. And then later, that same person will come up to me and say, Dude, did you hear that they're coming out with this movie? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, we talked about it a year ago. <laughs> There's now a trailer for it. That's why you're excited. I always thought that was funny that I would come up with... I would always... I would have that, like... I'd always have the information long before everybody else. Yeah. So um, think of this as us trying to help you out with this. We are now having, um, we're going to talk about things that we're excited about for next year. Now, before we get into this, I wanted to point out, I made the list, I made my short list. Um, There are 28 movies of all the movies coming out next year that I'm really excited to see. Okay. And I had to narrow it down to five with two honorable mentions. Does that mean I'm going to go see them all in the theater? Not necessarily. Was it just 28 that I was excited for? There could be more. I don't know what some of them were. Yeah. You know, there's titles that I'm like, I'm not sure what that is yet. I'll probably see a trailer. But I did pull a couple stats here. So there are 17 movies I want to point out before we get excited about this, okay? Mm -hmm. First, next year, 2019, there are nine comic book movies coming. Okay. I, that I, for some reason, thought there was going to be more. but Nine yeah. comic book movies. Five of them are Marvel. Three, wow. three being MCU, and two being X-Men. Now, okay. real quick here, the line between X-Men and MCU is going to be blurred and integrated, but we are getting three MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe films, Captain Marvel, Avengers, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and then the two X-Men movies are Dark Phoenix and New Mutants. Oh, sweet. Right? Yeah. That's all coming next year. There are two DC films, Shazam and um, Shazam and the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to say three DC films, but Wonder Woman got pushed to 2020. Mm-hmm. And Aquaman comes out in December. Aquaman so comes out. How about that. this? 
when we record next week, I will have seen Aquaman. <laughs> um, I already have my ticket. It's amazing. Nice. I'm so excited. Anyway, so two DC films, five Marvel films, two DC films. We have one independent film being Hellboy, and we have one manga film being Alita Battle Angel. There might be two independent films. Two independent there films. Are, I was going to talk about it later on my list, but I can mention now if In, you want. Well, how about this? Save it for your list. Okay, sounds because good. I might have because I was like nine comic book movies in one year. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, <laughs> Disney is going to hit us next year with Toy Story Four, Frozen Two, Lion King, Dumbo, and Aladdin. Okay. Wow. Okay, that's huge. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Lego Movie Two, which looks awesome. We're getting Star Wars Episode Nine, and I'm throwing this one on my little like. This isn't my list, by the way. I want people to know this. These are highlights that I'm mentioning on yeah. purpose because this is it. My wallet is going to hurt by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. But I'm throwing this one on there just for fun. Zombieland 2. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, if anyone saw Zombieland, really exciting. Is, so. Do you know if it's the same director doing the second Zombie? I would have to look it up. Okay. I just know that, like, because I do this every year. I always look at what my wallet's going to look like after I go to the theater. <laughs> um, you know, because, you know, I try to see all the... I, I, there's so many movies I try and see, but holy cow. Like, I just listed off a ton of movies that look amazing. Yeah. And I haven't even told you what's on my list yet. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, I only ask about the director of Zombieland 2 because I found out recently... The same director of the first Zombieland also did Venom, so I'm just like, he really rocked it with Venom. I'd love to see him come back for right. Zombieland too. Right, kind of thing, yeah. But. Well, let's get to the list. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get to the list and see how this all plays out, but I wanted to bring up some of those highlights on purpose because, I mean, we also have Godzilla coming next year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is huge. Why are you excited? Why are you surprised when I say these titles? Like, you didn't look I, up the list. No, I, I looked up the list, but not everything <laughs> made my list, not to have any spoilers, but then so I forget about them. Right, but, on, right, right. On. Okay. Um, well, how about this? Give me a uh, first honorable mention. Okay. Do you have first, any? Yeah, I actually okay. have two. So, um... The first honorable mention I have, we actually talked about in our news section last week, which is Brightburn. So awesome! I matched that one. Okay, interesting. Yes, I'm like the more like when I saw it on the list, I'm like, oh, that's a 2019 movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. I rewatched the trailer. It looks fantastic. I'm actually really excited. Yeah. To see this movie, so it's so. like I mean I talked about how being such a big uh, kind of. Man of Steel, Snyder, Zack Snyder, DCU, DCEU fan. I wasn't sure what to think about it, but I'm just really curious. Like, the trailer has me curious. And Curiosity like, is a big one. Here, it's like so. a Superman horror movie. Like, I'm definitely there, you know, first day. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah this looks really good. <laughs> um, all right, what, since we matched, what's your next one? Okay, so my next one, I actually don't know anything about, but it is uh, Us. It is the new uh, okay. Jordan Peele-directed movie that's going to come out this year. So I really enjoyed Get Out. Like, I thought it was a really well-done movie. Very, very creepy and frightening. And Us, I think, is as well going to be a horror movie. So I'm just really excited to see what the guy is going to bring to Us. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so otherwise, I have no thoughts on it. I don't right know on, about cool. the story. Yeah, that's the thing. But like, we just, don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I said there's going to be a short episode. We don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, well, so my next honorable mention is Alita Battle, Battle Angel. Um, I was, I've been very curious because there's been a lot of anime slash manga adaptations to, um, 
live uh, action, live action yeah. which have been really cool, like Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that. And uh, Ryan and I, when we went and saw Venom, there was a trailer for Alita um, in front of the movie. And I remember, even though at the end of the movie we're both like, that's really cool, I remember Ryan in the car going, that looks awesome. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty sure he's excited to see it. But I just thought, like, visually, it just looks a it looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it's uh, Robert Rodriguez who has such a good track record. Like, it's probably going to be awesome, you know. Um, I know in the past I talked about not necessarily – not knowing if I was on board with Alita Battle Angel. But the more I think about it, I think the more I actually really want to see this movie. So Right. All right. Very Sweet. cool. All right. Well, give me your first – now, before we go into the top five here, the actual five – Generally, when I do my lists, unless we're doing a year because we don't rank, you know, because like we rank them, right, if we're doing a year. But otherwise, it's just these are my five favorites, no particular order. I usually try and save the one I'm the most excited to talk about till the end of the show. Okay. At least that's what I do. Yes. Um, So in a weird way, I'm ranking them anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, when I was doing this list, I'm excited for all these movies this is not necessarily a ranking, but please understand that there is a weight to the order that I'm dropping these, yeah. you know, names. So, you know, and I feel like we probably could have ranked our excitement for these movies <laughs> because later when we do our favorite 2019 films, we can reference back and see how it's stacked up. Yeah. Um, but uh, so go ahead. I just wanted to say that before we actually got to these top five, because mm-hmm. I feel like one of these there's going to be at least one listener going, why is that not higher on your list? <laughs> so go ahead. Fair enough. So this, I actually did rank mine in terms of weight as well, where the the bottom of my list or the last movie I'm going to mention is probably the one I'm most excited and for. And for the most part, honestly, that's what I do anyway. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I will say with a few exceptions, because the next movie I actually think is the one I'm the most excited for. But it's a wild card. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on with it. So this is actually the other independent comic book movie that's supposed to come out next year, which is Spawn. Oh, it is next year? So, okay, that's the thing. Because that's the thing. I didn't see it on the list. The Spawn movie, it was originally slated to come out in 2019. And if you look it up on IMDb, it still says 2019. Oh, okay. But I'm I'm like a really big Todd McFarlane fan. Well, a couple, how about this? I'm excited for Spawn 2. But the lists I saw Spawn wasn't on. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I think that's why it's a wild card because it was originally planned to come out in 2019. I'm Hopefully a, it still is because that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, the creator of Spawn, Todd, Todd McFarlane, one of my favorite comic artists, I follow him, him pretty closely on social media. He tweeted out the other day that he was working on getting funding for the film. So I don't know if it's even going to happen this year. If it's right. Come so that out. sounds like they're like sounds super like pre-production. I will say on May twenty or May thirty first this year, there is supposed to be a untitled Blumhouse film come out, which is the same production company as Spawn. So I don't know if uh, that was originally supposed to be Spawn's release well, day. Since I keep track of delayed. all, our, since I keep track of all our lists on my handy dandy spreadsheet, I'm <laughs> right. gonna mark Spawn down anyway, since we still don't know. Okay, that's why I said it was a wild card. I didn't know if it yeah. counts. No, it definitely counts for comic book movies in terms of the stats I was giving earlier. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So when I say you know nine movies is actually ten because you mentioned Spawn. I guess I didn't know if it counted for my list since. Oh we no, I'm gonna I'm gonna sure. count okay. it because 
and Sweet. technically it's marked as a 2019 yeah. release, but Todd McFarlane is clearly doing funding. So he could, you know what? He could have shot half the movie <laughs> and went, ooh, we need well, some more money. I'm confused because <laughs> that might be the case because last I heard he was funding the whole thing himself. Like he was just making oh, the yeah. movie he wanted to make and he was just paying that's for what everything. It's, that's so. what it sounded like too the last I heard as yeah. well. Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you heard about this, but if you read the Spawn comic books, there are two police officers in the comic. They're like the detectives, uh, Sam and Twitch. Yep. There is supposed to be a Sam and Twitch television series. Yeah, I heard it, and it's like going to be um, directed by Kevin. Smith, yeah, Kevin Smith is supposed to be a part of it and that kind of thing. And I think that's amazing. I hope it becomes a thing. Um, yeah, if you want a really good introduction to Spawn, and you have HBO. That means if you have HBO, you have a, you have access to HBO Go. If you go onto your HBO Go and go into television series, you will see a, you'll see an animated show called Spawn. It is directly iterated from the original Spawn comic books by Todd McFarlane. Um, I believe it's his artwork as well. Um, and you will get to be introduced to Spawn, but you will also get to see Sam and Twitch because they are very heavy, heavily yeah. portrayed characters. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to do a live-action Sam and Twitch, amazing. I'm That's fantastic. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Back to the list. No, so. for sure. I mean, I guess I'll just mention a couple of reasons why I'm looking forward to this. One thing is, like I said, Todd McFarlane's funding this himself. This looks like it's going to be a very... A movie that's not messed with by the studio a lot like we're gonna get like an art artist like singular vision for this thing which is awesome also it's gonna be more of a horror film than the old movie which i'm really excited to todd mcfarland's producing directing this whole thing he's never directed a movie it's a total wild card but i'm excited about it either way right but here's the thing the creator has his hands on his intellectual property yes his ip if you will um and that, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like George Lucas back when Star Wars was good. I just say that facetiously. I'm totally joking. <laughs> the look <laughs> that I just gave Peter. <laughs> the look that I just gave you. Holy shit! No, I like I like the new Star Wars movies. I just want to tell the joke, but it's, right. it's the George Lucas thing. Like he was technically an indie filmmaker when he owned yeah, Lucas. Yeah, the original, like, the original, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize the original six Star Wars films are all independent films. Mm-hmm. They're the most. They are the most successful independent films. In the history of film. And especially the prequels, because he didn't have to answer to anybody. No, he didn't have to answer to anybody. He The only movie he had to answer to a studio for was the original Star Wars film. He used the money from Star Wars to pay for Empire. The money from Empire paid for Jedi. He re-released the movies in theater and used them to pay for the prequels. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like, mm-hmm. he paid for everything. They're the most successful independent films of all time. And they're the most probably well-made independent films of all time yeah, in terms I of mean, like production like he <laughs> went no i'm doing this my way i'm doing it right here we go mm-hmm. so nice yeah all right my first pick yeah sounds great all right and this is the one where i'm gonna get crap for because it's not higher on the list and that is avengers endgame okay nice okay now the reason avengers first off so you want to talk about getting crap this one didn't make my list so <laughs> i might get more crap but, here's the but thing. i'm very excited for this movie here's the thing well. i am super excited to see avengers but the reason it doesn't make a higher on my list is because i they've already sold me the ticket yeah you know what i mean i'm gonna go see the movie you know i'm 
uh, how about this? Captain Marvel did not make my list because Captain Marvel is the next episode of the TV show that I have to watch before I watch Avengers. Yeah, that's true. Marvel that's true. has basically be the Marvel movies have basically become lengthy episodes of a TV show. You know what I mean? Like, I have to watch this one before I see this one. There's an order you have to watch it. So the way I look at it is I'm super excited. I want to see it. I'm probably going to watch it. I have a vacation coming up in, like, two days. I'm probably going to watch Infinity War again over vacation. Awesome. But Endgame, they've already sold me the ticket. My butt's already going to be in the seat. It's a matter of waiting. And do you know when, it, when Endgame comes out? Um, It's... April. I don't remember okay, the date. Okay, so but April. that's another thing is like as far as how anticipated you are for it, we're only gonna have to wait a couple months to see this thing too. So that can also kind of show like you can be a little bit more patient for a couple months as opposed right. to if it's coming out the end of twenty nineteen. Right, and so. I just look at it going like I said, my butt's gonna be in a seat. They've already sold me the ticket. When I say I already sold me the ticket, I haven't bought my ticket yet because there's no tickets yeah. available for sale, but. I guarantee the day tickets go on sale, I'm buying my ticket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. Like, they've already got me. It's not, you know, that's why I'm not, like, super excited. It's like, I'll be excited the week of going, oh, my God, Avengers this week, <laughs> you know. Right on. So that's why it makes the spot on my list that it does. Nice. Okay. Anyway, next movie. Go ahead. Okay, next movie on my list is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. So Nice. All right. How to, the How to Train Your Dragon series, I'm a huge fan of. Like, I really love these movies. I think they're this just... This is three, right? Yes, this is the third one. So they, I think they've just done a really good job of creating this really creative... I saw the trailer for it, and I wanted to cry at the trailer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Dang. It's just kind of such a cool, like, world they created of these, like, Vikings and dragons interacting, and they've put so much like good art into the different styles of dragons and every time I see one of these movies I'm surprised by something or I feel like the way they've captured how some of the dragons are like very enormous and how they capture that within the movie and like portray like the massive size of some of these things it's just I think it's a great series yeah. so I don't know if you have any thoughts or like... Um, I liked... I didn't watch the second one. I really liked the first one a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the second one just came out in a bad time, and I just haven't had a chance to watch mm -hmm. it yet. I Like I said, I saw the trailer for this third one, and I wanted to cry just from the trailer. Nice. So. Yeah. I think um, another thing is I believe, and I might be misspeaking here, but I believe I heard that the filmmakers for these movies have... Uh, I, I believe they, I've heard they're quitting with this one, so the third movie oh, is going to be the last, which... That's kind of sad, I but... It's kind of sad, but it's kind of good that they're kind of saying, like, this is the story we want to tell, and we're not just going to keep pumping them out just as cash grabs. What's like, really... Good, right. Releasing a singular, complete vision. And, and what'll be really cool about that is that those movies will become... A, will develop a cult following, mm -hmm. and then you'll be at a party somewhere, and you'll make a reference to the movie, and someone will go, what are you yeah. talking about? And like, oh my god, you've never seen this? you got to see this because it's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it becomes this cultural thing mm -hmm. and i feel like they've kind of built a little and i love i love when movies and television do that yeah you know i feel like they've already have kind of built a bit of a cult file following but it's not just uh i think because they're animated they're not the uh movies you talk about when you're cracking a cold one open with the boys or whatever but if you go on like twitter you know deviant art like some of these like online social media stuff you definitely see that like how to right. train your dragon cult there you know so yeah yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. 
Um, well, my next pick is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Awesome. I'm uh, very excited for this one. I um, didn't match it, though. <laughs> I'm really excited for this movie, um, not because it's been a while since we have an X-Men movie. I'm excited for this movie because, if you remember X-Men 3, they basically took the idea, uh, X-Men The Last Stand, that is, and they took the Dark Phoenix story and shoehorned it into this other thing that they were trying to do. And they didn't really give the Dark Phoenix story its due. And based on just the trailer alone, I'm excited to actually see this story become a thing. And I have friends who are not, who don't like Jean Grey or they don't think the Phoenix was that cool, which I think is odd a little bit because Mm -hmm. the coolest part of Jean Grey is the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, I'm just excited to see them give it what it deserves the 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 story attention that it deserves and i hope they do it justice so i'm just excited to see the execution more than anything Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely i mean i uh for some reason the x-men movies i'm never excited about them beforehand and i think it's just because there's so many of them but after i see them i get really jazzed up and like i think since first class like i think each movie has been getting better and better and i mean i love the old ones, I think when X-Men The Last Stand came out, the third one, I was a little disappointed, but... A lot of people from, were disappointed. like, first class on, I think they just brought the whole franchise Yeah, they definitely, them, so. like, lifted that bar, mm-hmm. so... So, yeah, it'll be great to see how this one turns out, and, uh... I mean, I'm really excited about the... I don't want to spoil any future picks for you, but the New Mutants I'm also really excited about. New Mutants I am, too, but when I saw the trailer for New Mutants and the fact that it's basically a horror film... Yeah really made me go, what is happening? <laughs> that's, that's like why I'm excited about it. And, looks, then, and it then New Mutants went into a whole bunch of reshoots. So I hope the... I don't know yeah. what is really still intact. And because we're in this uh, Disney integration period, does New Mutants have to link with what's going on with Disney? Yeah. Is that what the reshoots were about? No one really knows yet. And are they going to change the whole tone? Um, I right. think... I mean, overall, they've picked a lot of awesome actors for the New Mutants movie. Like, they've got uh, Jonathan from Stranger Things, and they've got uh, Maisie Williams is in there, and I think a couple other actors that I like a lot. But um, I think uh, I think from the first trailer of that movie, it looked like it was going to do a good job of what the newest Fantastic Four movie kind of failed at doing, where it was going to do, like, a really good oh, right. body horror superhero film. So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, feel like th- I feel like that style of film lends easier to X Men than it does to Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All right. Well, Dark Phoenix. Let's see how it turns out. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, what do you got for your third? So one? for my next pick, I have It Chapter Two. So right on. I don't think you've seen Chapter One of It yet. No, not have yet. I I meant it, to see Ryan? it. Before, okay. I meant to see it around. I meant to watch it around Halloween, mm-hmm. and then life happened, and <laughs> yeah, didn't well, get a chance. Wait till watch it like Christmas Eve or something. Oh like, yeah, perfect Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually um, planning on watching uh, Christmas Story like usual on Christmas Eve because of the uh, TBS marathon. So. Right on. I mean, Christmas Story is a very good coming of age story, and so is It Chapter One. So um, right on. Yeah, but uh, no, I really enjoyed the first movie. I think it was a really good way of. Uh, portraying this uh, villain, or I guess I should say, like malicious force that the all the kids have to fight against. Well, I um, liked I liked the idea. Not seeing the first one, I liked the idea of the first one being primarily children. Yeah, because of the double 
story that's being told from the novel. Yeah. Where the first, like, in the original, in the original movie, It, with Tim Curry playing Pennywise, it was a back and forth flashbacks. You know, you see the you see the kids as adults, and then they yeah. show flashbacks, and they go back and forth in the timeline. Um, as opposed to this, where they're going to show you, here's the story with the kids. And here we go at chapter two, and we're going to do the adult story now. Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked the idea of separating them into two movies, and you basically create one movie. Yeah. So. And that's what I actually like that a lot, too. And I actually was going to say something related to that is just the kids they picked for the first movie did such good performance performances, and uh, they really sell you on the story. And I feel like the next movie is really going to be kind of hinged on the performance of the actors that are in it. Um, but so far, they've cast some really good people, like uh, Jessica Chastain is playing the female character in there, and uh, they have Bill Hader in there playing like kind of the uh, loudmouth, funny kid. And I can't remember who else they have, but I think it looks like it's solid casting so far. Yeah. So. All right. That's about all my thoughts on it for cool. now. So. All, right. <laughs> um, all right, well, my next pick is uh, Toy Story 4. Awesome. I'm just excited for this. I love the Toy Story movies. I don't really have a lot to say because they haven't shown us anything. <laughs> we, um, we talked extensively about the Toy Story franchise when we talked about the uh, our episode of our top five third in- movie installments. Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's not a lot to say right now because we talked a lot about Toy Story 4. You think I'll find out what happened to Bo Peep? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. that kind of still haunts my nightmares, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm just really excited for Toy Story 4, and that trailer just made me laugh and giggle and, mm-hmm. you know, brought me... It kind of brought me home, in a sense, you know what I mean? So Right on. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it, too. I'm just waiting to see more of what the story's going to be, but, I mean, they released a newer poster of it, and it really seems like a carnival plays a role in the story, so, I mean, that's always fun. I love carnivals, so anytime they incorporate that into a story right. somehow, it's really fun, right. so... <laughs> All right, uh, what's your next pick? My next pick is Shazam. Shazam. Yes, so this is not to be confused with the Marvel movie Captain Marvel, but this is uh, DC's character who was originally called Captain Marvel. Yeah, so real quick history, um, and I'd have to look this up. I'd actually have to look up the reason why. But Shazam, so Superman... Comic book, superhero comic books do not exist if Superman didn't happen first. He is the beginning. Action Comics number one, which introduced the world to Superman, is where it all began. We don't get Avengers Endgame if Superman did not exist, period. The reason I say that is because at some point DC was like, wow, the Superman character is selling really well. We need another character like Superman, Mm -hmm. you know, to sell comic books. And they came up with Shazam. Or, at the time, it was Captain Marvel, okay? Who would use the magic word Shazam that would transform him into the superhero. Um, So DC's releasing the Shazam movie, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Later, Marvel Comics would become a thing. And in a lawsuit, Marvel Comics wins... The lawsuit and DC can no longer call their character Captain Marvel. They had to call their character something else, and they named him Shazam because of the magic word. Mm-hmm. My problem with that is, and I, like I said, I have to look up and find out why. But my problem with that is, Shazam came first before Marvel Comics was a thing. Yep. 
or Captain Marvel was a thing before. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you read the Shazam comics, they still refer to them as the Marvel family. So even though he is Shazam, they still refer to him as the Marvel family. Mm-hmm. Regardless, the movie looks great, but go ahead. I um I actually read somewhere, I don't know if this is true because I think it's like a internet forum co- uh, comment, but I read that Marvel uh, trademarked or copywrote Captain Marvel as a book title and DC copywrote Captain Marvel as a character name and that's why they were able to get away with it at the same time for a while because oh. it was like copywritten under different functions sure. essentially but um back to the movie i think that this i mean it's been described a lot of times as like big with superpowers like big the movie with tom hanks with superpowers that sounds awesome to me um ever since i saw the first trailer for this movie i think it's kind of exactly how i envisioned a shazam movie would be in my head like it's you have a kid who's like at a young least teenager. that side of the of the movie because yeah. we only saw some of the comedic parts in that trailer. They didn't really yeah. show us any action sequences because they probably didn't have them ready to show. <laughs> and I think there's going to be serious parts of the movie, but I think you have a young teenager who gets the powers, like superpowers. You know, there's going to be comedic parts, and it's right. going to be a little bit goofy. If it wasn't, it just wouldn't be realistic. But I right. think it just looks really fun. I feel like it's not. So silly that it couldn't be included with the rest of the DCEU, but I think it's just going to be a really good ride, and I'm excited for it. I mean, any thoughts on the movie specifically? or No, I'm really excited to see it. It just didn't make my list because I'm not sure what to think of it yet. You mm-hmm. know, so DC still has yet to really tell us what its plan is. You know, we have Aquaman comes out real quick here in a couple days as at the time of this recording. Um... We have a Batman movie that we've been waiting to see anything about in a really long time, but they said that the rewrite of the script just got done. Yeah. Come on already. <laughs> you have Henry Cavill saying he's not playing Superman anymore, but you have Jason Momoa going in an interview <laughs> saying Henry Cavill says he's not done with Superman, 100% still playing the character. What does that mean? <laughs> I just want to know what the plan is. So I'm excited to see Shazam. My butt will be in a seat for it. Yeah. But... Until I hear what DC's overall plot is, like, yeah. if they're going to do one-offs, if they're going to say, hey, we're going to do a Shazam movie, awesome. We're going to do a Birds of Prey movie, great. We're going to do this movie, awesome. That's fine, but tell me you're doing that, as opposed to me looking for connective tissue. Yeah. So, And I feel like they haven't laid out a plan, but I they keep announcing movies, and I keep getting excited for them, and it's right. just... I mean, I'm along for the ride as long as they keep putting out good stuff, so... Right. <laughs> All right. Well... Um, all right, you know my next pick? Sounds great. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's all I got to say about Shazam at this uh, yeah. point. I'm just excited. Zachary Levi looks fantastic. Actually, it was really funny. I should have mentioned this top of the show in the What Are We Watching category. I finished watching Marvelous Miss Maisel mm-hmm. um, for the, the new season. Amazing. I'm really bummed that it's out. It's done, and I don't have any Maisel to watch. But uh, Zachary Levi's on the show. Oh, cool. And it's really interesting when you see him from Chuck, where he was in Chuck, to where he is in... Marvelous Miss Maisel, you can tell that he shot Marvelous Miss Maisel during his superhero beef up for Shazam because yeah. he's massive. Yeah. <laughs> he's so big. Um, but again, it's just, I like Zachary Levi, so great. Let's, you know, bring me some Shazam. <laughs> for okay. sure. Um, my next pick is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. 
Do you know what this is? This is uh, Quentin Tarantino. This is movie. the next t- okay. Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie. This is the movie. Um, I've been excited about this movie since I heard he was doing this. It's going to be about the Manson murder. Um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Brad Pitt's in it. Margot Robbie's in it. Like, it's this... There's more to the cast. It's massive. But I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, and I cannot wait for this movie. It looks great. Mm-hmm. So how about this? It looks great. I've only seen one screenshot from the movie, and I was excited to see that screenshot. <laughs> and the screenshot was DiCaprio and Brad Pitt talking next to a building. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> you know, it really was nothing. Um, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about the Manson murder. Yeah, yeah, I'm just this excited. Is, this is one of those ones I'm sure I'm going to see and I'm going to think is awesome. It's just I haven't seen enough to get excited about it, but I know it's going to be good and I look forward to it. Um, you know, I keep seeing like Quentin Tarantino is doing this in his, you know, Manson family movie, but that's like all I'll know is just little quotes back and forth. Right. Um, are you excited about this because of like, are you interested in... Uh, the Charles Manson stuff, or just because it's the new Tarantino? I am right? interested because it's Tarantino. Okay. Like, I don't hold Tarantino on a pedestal, like he's the greatest thing in the history of the world, but I hold Tarantino on a pedestal because I have liked every single one of his <laughs> movies, and I always feel like his movies are groundbreaking in a way that every time I, like, when I watch something new from Tarantino, I'm like, I never thought about telling the story in that way. Or I never thought about yeah. looking at a story from that angle or that kind of thing. Like Kill Bill, the first time I saw Kill Bill, I'm like, who would have thought to put all this together in one story? Yeah, exactly. You know, you have the spaghetti western samurai, like, what's going... Like, who would have thought to put all that together? Yeah. I think, um, just kind of random, but uh, Inglorious Bastards, like that movie, I think made me appreciate the suspense you can build while people are just like sitting around a table talking and you sort of quiet oh, scenes like the way he builds the, suspense in um, that is just so it opened my eyes into a new way of just right. building so suspense, the opening the opening of Glorious Bastards mm-hmm. the level of intensity was insane mm-hmm. but and I thought to myself how do you top this level of intensity then later they have the scene in the bar that Diane, yeah. Diane Kruger's like cameo or whatever that scene in the bar with Diane Kruger Oh my God, it's just, it's incredible. And it's that kind of stuff that Tarantino does so well. And I know it's like hyper dialogue heavy, but he does it so well. And I always, and I love how, I really like how he writes where lines are like just on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So it just, it flows like very realistic in terms of line dialogue. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what he's writing. I think my least favorite film of Tarantino's is Jackie Brown. But it's just I just don't idealize. I just don't like see myself in the movie. Okay. You know we all kinds of idealize with a character. Yeah. And you kind of see yourself in their shoes. That's the only one that I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah, I don't for know. sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a, any like to, like a yeah. lot to say about this one. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, what's your final pick? So I feel like this might be yours. too. I'm actually curious. I at this My point, point, I'm so I'll. I, I'm pretty sure we matched, but go ahead. Uh, my last one is Star Wars Episode Nine. So. Uh, same Star Wars Episode Nine. So blow up Star Wars for a minute. I'll tell you um, why I'm excited. And... Well, how about I'll say I'm always excited about seeing a Star Wars movie. Um, I remember when The Force Awakens came out, and I saw it in theaters, and uh, 
the part that really hit me about the movie was the opening crawl and hearing the fanfare come up and the music. And I was just like, man, I haven't experienced this since uh, when the prequels were coming out and I was in high school. Right. And it was like 15 years. I didn't even realize this years. was going to affect me emotionally the way it did, but like I almost rolled a tear just from the opening crawl. And uh, uh, I did. It's one of those things like I love that Star Wars is still coming out and I'm there every time in theaters. Um, kind of as a personal choice, I don't follow the Star Wars movies a lot for spoilers before they come out. I just want to see the movie let it surprise me, let me find out what's going on. Um, so I haven't followed this one that closely, but, um, you know, that being said, once I see the movie, then it's like, all right, let's watch this over and over again. Let's dissect every little part of it. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts? Is there specific things you're excited so, for? Or is well, that... how about this? I am a lifelong Star Wars fan, okay? Um, I am almost 40 years old, um, so I am not as old as the franchise of whatever. I was born the same year as Empire Strikes Back, so, like, real close to being as old as the franchise itself. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I lived through the original trilogy for the most part. I lived through the dark times when there was no Star Wars. I lived through the re-release and the prequels. I lived through the second dark times when we were told there will be no Star Wars. And then I lived through the Disney is buying Lucasfilm and they're going to make a Star Wars movie every year. 1983 was the end of Return of the Jedi. And we had a 30-year gap between Return of the Jedi and what happened with Luke Skywalker to The Force Awakens in 2015 with what's the next thing that's going to happen to Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. 30 years. Here we are, though, and the time it's taken them to get to the Episode Nine release, which they've claimed is the culmination of the Skywalker story, we've been waiting 40 years for this story. Mm -hmm. So you can tell me all you want that you're excited for Avengers more than anything, but I'm sorry... I've been waiting 40 years for this story. I am so excited for this. And I and I do my best not to think about it because I don't want my own hype to ruin the movie. Yeah. You know, but J.J. Abrams is back in the director's seat. Everything we've been hearing about the movie in terms of behind the scenes stuff, um, I'm really excited for. There's new cast members that have been joined to the cast, like Carrie Russell's in the cast now. I don't know what role she plays. It doesn't matter to mm-hmm. me. I like her as an actress. She's going to join Star Wars. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but Star Wars, at the end of the day, it's a science fiction movie because it takes place in space, but it's a fairy tale. It's about family. It's about adventure. It's about a hero taking a journey. It's But here we are. We're going to get the culmination of the Skywalker saga in this story. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Skywalkers after this. I mean, because they say they're going to keep pumping out movies. There's movies planned, uh, which is just has me more excited. But this specific story, it's just like Force Awakens. When that came out, we'd been waiting so long for that. And here we are. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. I mean, I don't know if there's anything I could say to add to it more than what you've right. just I summed just, up. You know, I, yes, I'm excited <coughs> to see Avengers. Sure. But it does not nearly hold the weight that Star Wars does. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm a lifelong fan. I have a tattoo to prove it. You know that kind of thing. So, um, if you want to see my tattoo, it's on my Instagram. Um, <laughs> <Right> on. <laughs> um, but that's you know, um, 
you know, as far as I'm concerned, the Force will be with me always, and, you know, that's Star, <laughs> Star Wars is yeah. forever, mm-hmm. and I just, I can't wait for more, and it doesn't matter to me, and I don't go into Star Wars blindly, it's not a blind love. Partially it is, because if you truly love something, you're going to take it, you're going to take everything, the good and the bad, yeah. and you will always defend it. Mm-hmm. You will always defend it. Uh, so with Star Wars, I'm that way a little bit, but... Um, Knowing what's coming next from uh, Benioff and Wise from Game of Thrones, they're joining the Star Wars family and going to do a series of movies. They haven't said if it's a trilogy. They haven't said if it's five. They haven't said if it's two. We don't know. They just said they're going to do a series of movies. We have another trilogy from Ryan Johnson coming. Hopefully we have standalone still coming. We have the live action shows coming from the Disney app. Mm -hmm. Let's put it this way. All that aside, I'm getting the culmination of the Skywalker story. Real excited. So... Certainly. Star Wars Episode 9, 2019. <laughs> Christmas. How about this? A year from now, we're going to be talking Star Wars because we probably just saw the movie. So, or we're about to see the movie. So, <laughs> Right on. Um, I have a quick question. Sure. Um, not related to Star Wars, but is there, because there's a movie that you didn't mention and I'm surprised. Probably made my short list. Um, the Joker, was that? The Joker made my short list. It almost made an honorable mention because of sheer curiosity, but I don't know enough about it. Right. Once I see a trailer and actually have an idea of what they're really trying to do with that movie, I think that'll change my opinion of what we're going to see. Okay. So, And then the second part of my question is, is there any movies that you thought I was going to say that I didn't? Did I have uh, any surprises? Not the Playmo- Playmobil movie, right? <laughs> um <laughs> No, that's another uh, wild card, actually. That is a wild card because I don't really know. Um, a movie that I uh, glass I expected you to bring up. That was almost an honorable mention. Um, and I expected, I didn't expect, but um, what movie was it? The Lego Movie. I almost expected one of us to bring up Lego yeah. Movie too. So, um, but Lego Movie Two, I'm just kind of like, let's see what happens with that. Exactly. One. Well, I mean, I'm gonna see it. I, you mm-hmm. know. So, another question. Sure. Ryan, is there any movie, like at least one, that you're pumped for? Star Wars. <laughs> there you uh, go. Tarantino. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Uh, uh, Alita. I know he wants yeah. to see Alita because he said that looked cool when we went and saw mm-hmm. Venom. So. I mean, we need two more and you've got a full list. Oh, there's a new Adams Family coming. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Which I was curious about. Is... Oscar Isaac's playing Gomez. Oh, that's actually a really good. Fit, that's that's so... a real good yeah. fix. But there's a new Adams Family coming. I was Do like, they what? know who's playing like Morticia or any? Other I'd have to go back and look at the cast list. But <laughs> that's gonna that's actually struck me as odd. Probably be good. There's a new Terminator coming. Uh, Terminator Six. If you're still following that franchise. Okay. okay yeah, Joker. we mentioned Joker. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Um, that just looks bonkers. It looks uh, good. I'm just not a Pokemon fan. Right. So. Uh, new Kingsman movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, like I said, there's 28 movies that I was, like, super excited for. Um, and we've talked about a chunk of them already. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. yeah. Ryan mentioned so that today. Him and I were talking before we recorded, like, hours ago. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Downton Abbey because he, he likes the show a lot. So. Nice. <laughs> so there you go. You got a list this time. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, how about this? That concludes our 2019. What are we doing next week? It's your pick because yes. we, we had to veer away a little bit. But So 
the beginning of this episode, we talked about Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And it's a really awesome movie. And uh, part of the movie that really resonated with me is, like, how even though it's CG, it really felt handmade. And even more than that, there's characters in the movie that are 2D animated. And there's shots of the movie that are very two-dimensional. So there's okay. this character, Penny Parker, who's one yeah, of the alternate Parker, uni- universe but... Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. She is essentially a anime character. She's a, an- a cute anime girl who controls this Spider-Man robot. And uh, she's 2D animation. I'm and, really uh, confused at the way you're going with your list. It's all so. good, but uh, how how often do you see that a 2D character on the big screen nowadays? And then same thing with Spider Ham is you know a 2D like Looney Tunes style crazy cartoon okay. character, and it kind of made me harken back to when I was growing up and 2D animation was very commonplace sure. on the big screen. So. This, I think, might be a difficult list, but I'm very excited about it, because I want to do our top five theatrically released 2D animated films. Perfect. I know what my number one is right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Like, there's, there's nothing that can mm-hmm. contend against And so it, th- this will include Disney movies. This will include, like, Theatrical release, this. though. It has to be theatrically okay. released. All right. Great. Um That'll that'll be easy. Um, that'll be. <laughs> See, I'm thinking like this is gonna be so hard to narrow it down, but I like how you're like, nope, I got it. <laughs> how about this? My number one, and I'll save it for the very last thing I mention. I guarantee it'll be the last thing I talk about. And like, yeah. like I said, I don't rank these movies, but in all seriousness, we kind of rank it when I make the list. Um, but I guarantee this movie makes my list hands down. End of discussion. Okay, so, fair enough. Um, anyway, uh, that sounds great. Um, I guess we did it. Another show in the can. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, hey, we have a Facebook and a Twitter at Top 5 Report. If you want to interact with the show, uh, shoot us an email at top5report at gmail.com. Uh, share us with your friends. We have our website, top5report.com. We are on iTunes. Uh, hit us up there. Send us a review. Let us know what you think. Um if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. It's the same for both. Peter. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And, uh, and I mentioned linked to that. I mentioned so. that I have a Star Wars tattoo. I did take a picture of it. It is on my Instagram. So nice. if you're curious, check it out. Um, and for the Top 5 Report, uh, we will see you all next week.